Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Hi everyone, Om Shanti and welcome to America Meditating Radio in collaboration with The Next Normal. I'm your host, Sister Dr. Jenna. And today we have a really special guest, which I really want us to pry into her life and her journey of such triumph and courage and perseverance. But before I go into that, I think it's time that we really begin to look at getting prepared for a new year and a new version of ourselves to be able to see what are the things that are just saying, I don't need you anymore inside my head. And it can be really a difficult period for you, but it could be so enlightening as well, where maybe that same thing was holding you back for so long that if you had just let it go 10 years ago, you'd have been flying even more today. But of course, if you were to let it go 10 years ago, you would have. (laughs) Maybe this is your time to begin to do a really deep soul review and to begin to amplify a different version, a lighter version, the purer part of you. I know that inside of my consciousness, the soul is saying, you don't need that anymore. We need to move into living in our heads like we're entering into a Garden of Eden, where there's positivity, purity, peace, safety, protection, cooperation, unity, respect, but even more than that, humility. Our special guest today, Marianne Morrison, is the founder and publisher of and editor-in-chief of the Eden magazine, which I have the fortune to grace the cover in their September issue. She's an altruist and an animal activist who was born and raised in Tehran, Iran. Got so much to go right into, Maryam. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And Maryam, you fascinate me. Can I tell you? Thank you. Thank you, Sister Jenna. Thank you for having me. It's truly my honor to be here with you and everybody. Well, thank you for also recognizing the quality of my life, which tends to be a more quiet, introspective, yet very active life on the world level. And being able to feature me on the September cover, I was very, very humbled and touched by your intuition, even though you knew nothing of me at the time. So I understand that you left Tehran and you settled in Rome, Italy during your teenage years when Tehran was going through a really tough time. They were going through a revolution. Tell us a little bit about this period of your life and how was it impacting you internally as a teenager? Well, as you mentioned, it was really tough. So I grew up in the time of the Shah of Iran, Pahlavi, which is life was completely different. So I'm a teenager and suddenly the revolution happened and all the life that I knew went to be unfamiliar. So I was not understanding what is going on. So with everything happened, my parents and I decided it's time to 
leave the country, which was the really saddest moment because I had that profound attachment to my hometown. I love Iran. Everything about it, the beauty, and I mean, it's just home. So I went to Rome. I stayed in Rome two and a half years. And that was also another tough time for me. I love Rome. I love Italian. Actually, I felt really eased to be connecting with these people. They're very similar to the Iranians. But then, you know, you are in a new culture. And to, and to Indians, too. I have to tell you, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, you know, definitely Italian. I mean, no, I think Middle Eastern, part of the Middle East and Mediterranean, they share very similarity in many different ways. But then you talking about different culture also in somehow and different language. So here I am, I have to learn the language. I love Italian language. So I guess that was kind of easy. And it was all good. They had that kind of ups and downs. But I learned a lot. I learned that if I can make it to this one, then in the future, when something bigger comes in my life, then I'll be easy to face it. I can manage it. But then later on, didn't you move to Germany to study business? And how old were you at that time? What was it that pulled you to Germany to study business? Well, two and a half years I lived in Rome. Then I went back to Iran to visit my family. I think it was actually the next day when I arrived to Iran, unfortunately, a war just started between Iran and Iraq. So the next day when I arrived to Tehran, Saddam's military bombed our airport. So my dad said, okay, we're not one of those people that's going through the mountain because a lot of people were taking that route. So I stayed in Iran not that I choose to do, but I stayed in Iran until 85. That was five years. Five years I stayed in Iran. And then again, you know, everything changed. The relationship that Iran had with the foreign country, they all changed. When the airport was open, I went to get the visa to go back to Italy because I have all my stuff. My cousin lived there at that time. I told myself to put him in the storage. So I went to get the visa, that didn't work out, again, because of the relationship between Iran's government with the others. So somehow I got the visa for Germany, and that's how my journey started in Germany. And here I am, back to the zero. I'm back to five years ago, new culture, new language, learning everything there. And then I I, love how life unfolds. You have a plan, but the universe has another plan for you. But didn't you end up like working on a U.S. military base where you actually met your current husband? Well, actually, I met my husband before that. But during the same time, I finished studying in Germany and then I just got the job in the military base. So I was working there and then my husband. During the time, I didn't meet her in the, while I was working at the base, but in the same time. And then we married 1989. And that was another journey started. Was <laughs> it difficult for a woman from Tehran? Then you lived in Italy for a few years. You learned Italian. You went back home with plans to go back and to just explore the journey of your life. Was it challenging to be a military wife and, you know, make a lot of adjustments? Yes, it was. 
I'm not regretting it because I feel everything that happens to our life, it happens for the reason. I feel there was no accident that I was kind of moved from Rome to Germany and then married and married a military person. And then it was challenging because it was not my life. I never had my life. I never could start my career. I never really could continue education because we were moving every two years. We moved into the place that we didn't choose to move. There was chosen for us. So it was difficult. And then, you know, just the fear of my husband was gone most of the time and the fear of the places he stayed. I think it was for six, seven years. So Bosnia at that time was not a really a good place to go. He was in yeah. Somalia for a while. So every time we had the, someone knock the door, I was like thinking like, oh my God. It's a letter. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so the fear, this uncertainty, and the uncertainty of what the life coming next, where we're moving, all that was another challenge in my life. You overcame it anyway. Would you say that maybe the greatest challenge was your ability to surrender? Certainly. I accept there is something good in there for me. I remember I was in Germany by myself. I was sitting on the couch and my husband at the time was in Bosnia. He called me and he said, oh, we're moving back to state. I just had deep breath and I'm like, oh my God, where? Another unknown place. And with an open mind, I said, okay, where? He goes, we move into Savannah, Georgia. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea what the life there is, you know. And I said, Mario, you embracing this sweet love and you trusting the universe that there is a path that is your path to go to Savannah, Georgia. And that's where I got involved to become a pet trainer, animal rescuer. So I needed to be there. Good. Now, animals and pets are a very big part of your life. And you know, I have the cutest dog in the world called Happy. (laughs) And you spent a great deal of time rescuing, training, and working with animals. So, did you have that quality in Tehran before, or was that something that emerged in you? And the second question was, what were the feelings, what was it that you were discovering about Maryam that really made this a lifelong passion of yours? No, I didn't have this, I mean, I love animals. I grew up in the house that we always had a pet, mostly cats, and sometimes I think the dog too. But then, you know, my parents always feeding the stray dogs and, you know, the compassion for animals was always part of where I grew up but never were involved as I was involved in the back 20 years ago until I moved actually to Savannah, Georgia. And that started when we were sitting having a breakfast and I saw a stray dog in my backyard. And then my husband, I remember he was in the uniform, he was ready to go somewhere. I think it was back in Bosnia. Was I'm like, oh my God, there's a stray dog. We got to do something. And he goes, honey, I have to go. I cannot wait. So he is gone, and my mom was living with us at that time. 
And then, so I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Give him food. I don't have any dog food. So whatever we have in the house. And then I saw the neighbor with a pistol and the trap trying to trap this dog. And, and it was all new. This is like, okay, what's going on? You know, fear, concern, everything wrapped around. And I just jump outside. I said, what do you think? Goes, oh, it's a straight dog. They usually have rabies. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Please don't shoot. Up. I got it. No. Back then, there was no iPhone in there. So I opened the phone book and I'm looking for the name for the rescue, you know. And then there was not many rescuers back in that time in Savannah, Georgia. So it was like maybe two, three. So I saw the name said, Save a Life. And I'm like, ooh, I like that. And I contact them and it's so interesting. The person who picked up the phone has this accent and I'm telling her about what's happening and she's explaining, okay, no worry, we got it, we can help you. And then in between I asked her, I said, well, you have an accent. Where are you from? Because I'm from Germany. I'm like, oh my God, this is like so interesting. So we start speaking German and then she came to my house and helped me to trap the dog. And then he said, well, you need a foster. I'm like, what is that? Oh, you're fostering the animal. And she went through all the details. And that's exactly how my journey started with rescuing, fostering animals. Folks, can you imagine? Maryam and her husband have rescued over 300 cats and dogs who had been severely abused. Maryam, what has been your takeaway from that experience and what did it say about the current state of our humanity? I have to say it taught me that we hear more than just we think. We hear to give as much as we take. I learned that we need to connect with others and then our journey is not just to simply be here and follow our path. We have to follow our path, but in the same time, we have to pay attention. Like, for example, I listen that, as I mentioned before, when my husband called and said, we're going to Savannah, Georgia, I openly allow universe to tell me why I'm going to Savannah, Georgia out of all those places. Because we were supposed to stay one more year in Germany and all of a sudden the plan changed and I realized like the plan changed because I have to be to Savannah, Georgia for the reason and I find out one of the reason was to learn about to saving animals because being a military wife it was like always new beginning new place I always felt that there is something missing in my life I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do and then when you sending this message over and over to the universe, when I was meditating, I was thanking for who I am and what I have and my husband and my mother and everybody around me. But I was saying to the divine that there is something missing in my life. I feel like I'm not doing what I have to do. And then here's, the, here's my path lead to that. So... Everybody has to listen to their own voice. Inner voice, and yeah. Exactly. Why are we here? What do we need to do? For me, it was helping animals. 
for someone helping the elderly, a child, anyone. I'm sure we're all here for a reason, and there is no other explanation. So from working with animals to starting your own magazine, because in 2010 you started Eden Magazine, which mission is really about elevating people's consciousness. Like what is it that led you to opening up your own magazine and such a beautiful one at that? Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, I had a small magazine print when I was in Savannah, Georgia, and it was strictly about working with a different rescuer to helping to find a good home for animals. So when we moved to Los Angeles, and at that time we were battling with my mom's Alzheimer's, and I did not want to place her in any homes for the Alzheimer's. I said, you know, we come from different culture. Moms always stays with us. And my husband, you know, he supported that. And I couldn't go out working. I am a graduate as a graphic designer and I had a magazine. I was rescuing animals. But I told my husband, I was meditating one day and I felt like there is more. That part is being done, rescuing animals and then working on the magazine that's helping the rescuer to find a good home. But then I felt like there is something bigger. So I said, I want to start a magazine, not only focusing on helping the animal, but in the wider, wider range, opening the consciousness life for all living beings and living in a conscious life to heal our own selves. We heal ourselves, then we heal the other. If this body, if this temple of ours is not healthy, we cannot produce a healthy journey for the others. So that's how the Eden Magazine started. So I thought, okay, I can start a digital magazine, which is, I think, Eden Magazine was one of the few magazines back in 2010 that started uh, digital. Mm-hmm. I did the research and I'm like, oh, you know, you can start the magazine online and I can work on the magazine and watch mom which is a work perfect. It's <laughs> yeah. perfect setup, huh? It's interesting, yeah. you know, everyone. I remembered when I got my copy of the Eden magazine, the digital one, and it was dynamic. It's colorful. It's bright. But nothing compared to the print copy that I had received. It was just really? something in the print that when you held that magazine in your hand, it brought it more to life. And so I just want to send out a little advertisement there that if you guys go and get Eden Magazine, try to see if you can get the print copy. It's just fascinating. Well, since Eden Magazine is a nonprofit, how can we help to support it? Well, many ways. You, you mentioned one. <laughs> Purchase the magazine and uh, you can donate to the Eden Magazine. We help many charities. And if you go to our website, you can see that the recent one, was last year we provided 120 meals for frontliners just as a thank you for what they went through the COVID. I mean, oh my God, I cannot imagine how difficult it was for these doctors and nurses. You know, a friend of mine, she lives in Florida. God bless her heart. She's a nurse and she's a head nurse in ER. And she sent me the picture 
of her after taking the mask off. I mean, I saw the mark in her face. I couldn't stop crying. And I said, oh, my God, we were complaining about one year we stayed home. Nothing compared what these people went through, seeing the death, seeing this pain and sorrow, dealing with the family members who the loved one is in the ICU. I mean, and I said to myself, and then I talked to the team, and we all said, we need to do something to say thank you for being here and taking care of us. That's what we decided, you know, I wish if we had, for example, if people donated, then we could have do much more. With the budget that we had, we could just, you know, serve one hospital. Hey, one hospital is better than none. And I think that's one of the myths that we need to break away from that. If we can't impact the millions of lives, what is my purpose of just doing it for one or two people? Do it. Do it for one or two people. Because if everybody thought like that, there will never be world hunger. There will not be peacelessness. People would become better neighbors to one another. Just do it. Just get involved. So, Maryam, we've talked about you rescuing you in the animal, saving your life, moving from Tehran to Italy because of the revolution and then ending up going back to Tehran, not being able to travel because Iraq had bombed your airport. And then you ended up in Germany, went to school, studied, met the love of your life, moved to Atlanta, Savannah, Georgia, took care of over 300 cats and dogs, opened up your own magazine. What's next? What's calling you right now? I have to say I'm really happy where I am. I love what I'm doing. I love Eden Magazine. It's my baby. Every month when I sit behind this computer, I design the whole magazine myself. We have amazing team that I love, every one of them. I have to mention Dina Morona's name here. The whole magazine goes with me and Dina. And we do it together. We have Alexio Meloki. We have amazing photographer, makeup artist, Edward Alcopion. I mean, the list goes on. And then on top of that, we have a great contributor writers. Who some of them, they've been with me for, I say, almost 10 years. And so the next, I just want to continue doing what we're doing and helping the others, helping the charities. And I actually started Eden Award. I think it was 2016. We started giving award to all those people who make the difference. They have a charity. And unfortunately, we couldn't continue because of the COVID and then so many different things. But uh, I would like to continue to have that award going with the help of the others so we can give the award to those people who are making a difference in this world and thank him, and I hope people supporting us with uh, sending us great articles, advertising in our magazine, and then just simply writing an email that how are we doing, how can we make ourselves better, is anything that is missing that we need to do that we don't know, that's how I think the next journey can go. Can you leave us with a website where we can find more information about you and Eden Magazine? Yes, it's www.theedenmagazine.com. 
sounds absolutely perfect. Well, all I can say, you're amazing, you're phenomenal, you're great, you're wonderful, and continued success in everything that you choose to do or everything that the universe calls you to do. It might be a nice idea to do your Eden Award online, just like the Emmys and the Grammys. I was fascinated. My good friend Louis Gossett, who was nominated for his role in a new television sitcom, it's missing me, Watchman, and where Regina King won an award for it. But the way that the Emmys actually did the award ceremony online was fascinating that they could pull it off. So maybe you and your incredible team can continue with what's passionate for you to just keep thriving and doing service for the greater good. So thank you so, so much again. Really, from the bottom of our hearts, we appreciate you wholeheartedly, unlimitedly. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to share my story with your audience. I truly appreciate it. I adore you, Sister Jenna. Thank you for all the wonderful work you do also for the humanity. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, everyone, you've gotten it right here. The wonderful Marianne Morrison from Eden Magazine and all of her work that she's done with helping to rescue our little furry friends, whether it's two legs or four legs. You know, we've got to begin to dig deep inside of the soul to find out what has happened to our empathy and our compassion. It is a God-given gift that the soul is born with. And for some reason, we throw it out the door as if it's valued nothing. But it's valued everything. And even with myself, if I've ever found myself being short and without compassion, I can feel the trauma that it's doing to my own soul. And I want to invite you to think about the kind of trauma that you inflict on your soul when you become angry, jealous, attached, fear-driven, completely out of control of your divinity and your work. To be here, your work here is to live the energy of divinity through your personality. Imagine if we were to wake up tomorrow and 7.5 billion people emanated God's love through their features. Wow, it would be the garden of Eden. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us on America Meditating Radio, your one-stop shop for some of the best conversations with some of the most prolific, incredible voices in our world. And don't forget to leave us a message, share, and let us know what you think. But also thank you for the collaboration with our Meditation Museum, The Next Normal. I value your time, and I hope you value ours too. So sometimes just let us know how you're feeling. It gives us a chance to deepen our relationship with you. We thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Om Shanti. Take care. When I was asked by Sacred Stories Publishing to write a book on mystical divine experiences, initially I said no, those are too private. But then when they came back again to urge me to do it, I said, why not? It'll be of service because over 25 co-authors would have would be joining me on this journey to share their own experiences. In meditation, intimate experiences with the divine through contemplating practices, you will read stories from our co-authors of a heartfelt clarity about a father's death giving his son a new life. You will hear the story of a woman embracing her wounded inner child and healing herself. You will even hear stories about an inexplicable medical miracle and so much more. This book has a life of its own. You will learn how listening to your inner silence can help you overcome life obstacles and reclaim your spiritual power. I hope that you'll be able to dive deep into this and 
maybe even explore your own mystical and divine experiences for your life to change, for your life to become one that is completely full and rich of everything good. Enjoy, and thank you for looking into meditation, intimate experiences with the divine through contemplative practices. Restaurant wishes you happy holidays. Located at 6838 Piedmont in Gainesville, Virginia, we're a family owned restaurant and offer authentic Asian cuisine and sushi. Come savor our delicacies made with love and enjoy the perfect ambiance. We look forward to seeing you there. I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.